Are you ready, ladies? Stand tall. Straighten those crowns and show them what you're made of. You're listening to the Farm Queen Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Farm Queen podcast. This week, we have Tina joining us as our new queen. She was crowned by Mary Ellen, our last queen. And Tina has a very cool kind of thing going on here that she's a beef farmer, but she also is pretty deep into making compost, vermicompost, and potting soil, which is definitely a first for the podcast. She's obviously running a business. She is working with customers in our community to serve their needs and really just improve what's available locally in her area. So we're going to let Tina tell you all about her. Tina, welcome. If you could please tell us a little bit about yourself, your farm, um, tell us more about your operation and what you you do, how long you've been at it, etc. All right, yes. And my farm's name is Divine Gardens. Uh, that's a, that is named after my parents. Their last name was Divine. So the whole inspiration was the first time I used vermicompost worm castings, I realized how good they worked. And I thought about how much my mother would have loved them, though she had already passed on. So I thought it would just be wonderful to make them available to other people. And I named it after my parents in honor of them and, uh, you know, the, the, the good qualities and values that they gave me. And I just thought that was a great name. So that's where the name came from. Uh, we started our business about uh, in 2010. Uh, and so since then, we've been slowly building it up, um, making little tweaks here and little tweaks there to where we are now. Um, And what we have is we have uh, composting worms. They're in uh, beds inside of a pole barn. And I feed them and take care of them. And I harvest their castings. And that's what I can sell to the farm, uh, to farmers. But I also sell it to gardeners. So it's very important to me that I'm helping other people in that way. In the beginning, we did not have our own cows. There was a farmer that rented the farm, uh, the barn space and some pasture. And uh, we slowly built up our herd of Dexter beef cows. So we built that herd up enough that we asked him to leave and we took over the barn. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful, just this nice circle because we put our cows in the barn uh, in late November because we live in central New York, so they can't be out on pasture eating grass. They go in the barn, they're in there all winter, but before we put them in, we put down 30 yards of sawdust, and so they're on a bedded pack for the almost six months. When they go out to pasture, I start taking that out, and I make it into compost. and then I feed it to the worms. So these beautiful Dexter cows we have, Dexter is a heritage breed, but they give me three 
really good things. They they give me this this food for my worms. And of course they have beef, but they're also out on pasture. And so they're they're putting all their lovely nutrients on my soil and helping it to be more, you know, vibrant and just grow better. So that is kind of the backstory. And um about me personally, I um this is kind of my second job. Second, you know, what am I going to do now? We have four children that grew up and uh, the opportunity came up to buy this farm about the time the kids were just getting done living at home. So we bought the farm um, and uh, we moved out here and my kids, I still see them and now I have grandchildren. So my average day is just basically my husband and I who works off the farm, he does, so I tend to all the daily chores around the farm. Um, yeah, and, you know, so the daily chores would be, I have to go down and check on the cows. He checks on the cows morning and night. But I do it during the day as they're in the barn. And then in the summertime, which is coming up, so excited, they're going to be out on pasture. So I am the one that moves the fences and decides how much to give them every day. I'm just better at that. Um, you know, judging and all that, which is a lot of fun. I'm also the one that feeds the worms daily or not daily, but weekly. And I do the harvesting of the worms, making sure that they're fed, you know, enough and not too much. Then I harvest their castings and then I screen it. And I am the one that packages it and puts it in stores, goes to markets. And also, um, we do deliver a compost and my husband helps me with deliveries or if people come to the farm, I can load them or he can load them depending on who's available. That is definitely the most unique farm that I think I've ever heard of because I can't say that I've ever met a worm farmer before. Um, <laughs> where did where did that idea first start from? Because you had mentioned like you kind of came across them and you were saying how you wished mm -hmm. you could have had that for your mother um, with her gardening and just kind of it's it's a certainly a unique um a unique road to pursue so as far as kind of where the idea came from getting mm -hmm. started how did that look and and what is it that made you kind of continue to pursue it and scale it up for more than just your own use so uh, it's one of those kind of coincidences in life so i've always liked being outside i've always liked the nature and all that um, and uh, I wanted animals. We couldn't get animals because we didn't have enough land. So, but what it was is we had acquaintances and they owned this property, this 70 acres, and they had a worm farm kind of here. They had worms here and they gave it a really, really terrific shot uh, of, you know, taking care of the worms and selling the worms. They were more into selling the worms. They only, their biggest um, obstacle was they had three young boys and having three young boys and not living here and their boys had their activities, they just did not have time to take care of it. So they had to relocate. They had to sell this piece of property. And like I say, so our kids were out of school and I, you know, we were ready for another adventure. And it just so happened that they were selling and we looked at it and we said, wow, we would love to own this farm. 
while not really thinking about the worms. But then we get here, and in the middle of this pole barn was this big old pile of old worm, you know, worm worked material. Um, wow. But it was good enough to take home to my garden. So I started hauling it home to my garden at my house at the time and used it there. And it's like, wow, this is really terrific. So that winter, I just went and I looked on the internet and I found out everything I could ever find out about um, worms, this kind of worm, the red wiggler, and um, how to make it and what it does and how it helps plants. And then I went to the vermiculture conference down in North Carolina State which was terrific. And that was just so beneficial to be with other people and learn. And it wasn't too long after that, I went to a 40 hour United States uh, Compost Council um, training course on how to make compost the right way so that you're really killing the weeds and the pathogens. So I kind of invested a lot of time and effort, energy, a little bit of money just to get get to where I knew what I was doing. And so we got to that spot and we still lived at our old home and we'd come out here on weekends and stuff and it just wasn't enough. We just wanted to be here. Uh, the property didn't have a house. So we had to put up a house and we did that in like four months. It was incredible. And now we, we live on our farm and it's a dream. Wow. That's definitely quite the uh, accidental fall into worm farming. Um, <laughs> so kind of as far as um, you mentioned that you you sell it, sounds like bulk off the farm, you sell it at markets and to gardeners and that sort of stuff. Why was it important to you to make vermicompost available to um, the wider community? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh you know, thinking of my mom again, too. My mother liked garden, gardening. She always gardened. And she was not always successful. She, you know, sometimes I'd go out in the garden, you know, you know, things weren't big and gorgeous, but she was happy. But I, and actually I had a sister-in-law who she still does. She grows up seedlings and she's just a terrific gardener. And my mom, you know, when she talked about her, you know, her eyes lit up and stuff. And so just thinking about her and thinking about how much she would have liked. And I just wanted to help other people. Like, just like, you know, like I can't help her, but I wanted to help other people to grow better, healthier, no chemicals. Mm -hmm. That's why. Yeah, that's definitely a huge, uh, a huge undertaking to go through, um, given that, you know, you can go to the store and you can buy worm compost off the shelf there. Um, but, you know, to get it locally, I, I appreciate the, you know, certainly the shorter, what do they call it? The carbon miles because it's made mm -hmm. locally. It's not as far, you know, for sure that mm -hmm. it's like, here's the operation, you know, maybe come take a look at it kind of thing or see that it's a, That's you know, it's right. a real farm. It's not just a big commercial operation. So, right. um, mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about what are the benefits for vermicompost and how long does it take to make it? The benefits of the vermicompost, um, one of the major ones is uh, the level of microbes uh, because it goes through the worm's digestive system. It, it's got a beneficial, diverse microbes that 
you know, they have more microbes, they're indigenous to the worm. So, you, you know, and so it comes out in their poop, which is called a cast, worm castings. And mm -hmm. um, so it's the microbes, but also it's got low levels of nutrients. And it's got humic and fulvic acids. It's got um, enzymes in it. It's uh, the casts are actually covered in their mucus. So they kind of, it takes them a little while to break down, which is another, you know, when it's out in your soil, that's a good thing. Not, it's, you know, just that it doesn't wash away immediately. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I speak of microbes, think about your own stomach. You know, when we eat yogurt, we're getting those beneficial microbes in there. And that's what we do to our soil. You know, our soils, so much of our soils, we do not have enough microbes in them. So this is like a quick fix. It's kind of vitamins for your soil or yogurt for your soil, just to get that, to get that good stuff in there. Mm, that's interesting. It's kind of, it's probiotics for the dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It sounds like when you say like it's wrapped in like the mucus, I mean, I'm imagining on like a really, really small scale that it's, you know, essentially little pellets. So that I'm certain helps keep the soil um, a little more workable and it keeps it from clumping as much. I would assume it's, I'm, I'm picturing it having not really yeah. been in any kind of volume of <laughs> vermicompost like you're working with. It's, it's like, yeah. And it's not like, you're not going to really notice it. It's just that it doesn't, you know, so those, there's, you know, the enzymes and there's actually, I haven't checked this fact in a long time, but there's something about the fact that it doesn't get washed away and it helps prevent, um, and it does, it helps prevent diseases and pests. And the only reason for that is your plant is healthier. I'm not saying it's not a pesticide it's not a fungicide, nothing like that. It's just natural. Hmm. That's very interesting. And, and like you're saying, when everybody talks about, you know, eat yogurt, improve your gut health and everything, sounds like it essentially does the same thing for the plants that it just improves what I'll call the plant immune system to mm -hmm. help it better resist those kinds of, yes. what do you want to call them, yes. attacks? It's very interesting. It is. On your website, um, when I'm looking at your products, it shows that you are OMRI listed on your products. And I was hoping mm -hmm. you could tell us a little bit more about what that stands for, what that mark is, um, you know, why, like, why did you pursue getting that mark on your products? How do you get it? How do you maintain it? That sort of thing. Okay. So that OMRI, it stands for Organic Material Review Institute. And what it means is that, um, what it is, it's the worm castings is, is what's approved for use in organic growing. So it's not approved to eat, but it's approved to grow with. Um, and so what that means is that I, I send in a lot of information uh, to prove that I have maintained certain standards and that it's a quality product. And why that was important to me is, for one thing, it's proof that I have a high-quality product. But the other thing is, for the organic grower or the want person that wants to grow organically, 
they know that this is a product that they can use. Because if you are an organic farmer, grower, you can only use certain products. You can't use products that are not approved for organic use. So is that something that um, that you need to like reapply for to kind of maintain that status every so often? Um, do you uh, think you're I saying you to need re- to send in? Yeah, go ahead. Yep. I have to reapply every three years or every year. You have to reapply every three years. You have to send in new test results, including the um, test results for salmonella levels, fecal levels, or and um, oh, um, oh, um, E. coli levels. So that every three years for that. And then um, every, you know, like five years or so, they do a a really big review. And then there is always the option that they can come at any time and look the farm over if they, you know, are in the area or if they feel there is a need to. Uh, Something is questionable. They'll just come and they'll ask to see your records Mm -hmm. and see how you do Mm -hmm. it and what, what your steps are. So it is, it is a big deal. It's, um, it is a little bit of, you know, extra money, but it assures people that it's a quality product. And then, so that's for the worm castings. Now for this um, compost, and I have a product called Super Grow, which is compost and worm castings together. So for them, they are approved through the, um, through NOFA New York, which is the North, um, let's see, what is it? Organic Farming Association. Um, I think it's no national yeah. um, of yeah. New York. So they can also do it. They just, um, you know, they're not recognized nationally where Omri is recognized nationally. Omri has that nice little label. So it really sticks out. And with the worm casting thermocompost being so expensive, I just wanted to go that extra step for that one product, but not all the products because they're just, you know, the compost, you don't, it's not the value. uh, And for what I make, it's not enough to warrant that. Because, and to clarify, we, this past winter, we had 25 cows um, in the barn making manure and bedding for us. And um, six of them are babies, you know, they were babies last year. So I don't make that much compost. I'm not a big farm um, and we only have 70 acres. So it's important to us to stay within the limits that our farm will give us to make sense out of that. So say, you know, pasture, I want them to be able to be moved on to pasture that they have good green grass throughout the summer and drought makes it hard. But if, if we're careful, you know, then we don't want to, put too many cows on the land. So that's why we keep our number down to uh, one that makes sense for the amount of land we have. No, that makes sense. You definitely explained why it is that you wanted to farm, got into farming, got into this particular um, avenue of farming, which is tremendously unique. Um, But as far as being nominated as the farm queen this week, how did that feel? I'm surprised. Um, I'm proud, but I'm surprised. Um, 
it just, I really didn't expect to be a farm queen. I don't, you know, I don't consider myself on the level of the other farmers. I just, yeah, mine is the different, it is different here. It's, you know, I'm not, I didn't have the pigs and chickens and I'm not out with the vegetables and doing all that. My work is just so different. My work is in a whole barn, <laughs> um, you know, playing with right. soil. So I was, yeah, so I just don't feel, I mean, I'm honored. That's how I feel. I think that's what sets you apart is that you're doing a very, very, it's unusual, but it's also very unique and beneficial that you're doing this, I'll call it worm farming. Um because it is obviously providing value to the people who buy your product. I think, you know, the more of them that buy your product, you're you're more likely to buy worm compost, you know, from a local neighbor that has it than you are to buy it off of the shelf. Because I think a lot of people would go to maybe their local garden nursery, see it on the shelf in a bag and go, well, you know, I don't know what I'd use it for. It's not really potting soil. I don't, you know, maybe I don't yeah. want to spend the money on the bags to users garden soil but you know well if I can get it from a neighbor sure I'll support them and try it and I would imagine that the more of your neighbors try it the more they're spreading the word of wow this stuff's great and you know my garden's better my plants are better the more awareness there is of the health of the plants through like what you're saying you know it it appears to help them with resistance to different um pests and and that sort of thing that the more natural resistance that you can put into your garden without having to rely on chemicals and sprays and everything. I think that that's a huge benefit. And I think lately, a lot of people are starting to realize that that's kind of the direction we need to go when, you know, everything has trace amounts of this and trace amounts of that. And the cost of fertilizer has gone up so much in the last few years. And yeah, if you can, if you can basically just work with the worms to kind of replace all of those products, then yeah, that's a that's a an avenue of farming well worth spotlighting. So another thing too that um, you mentioned is how you said your husband, you know, he checks on the cows morning and night, but you're pretty much the one who's doing the. I don't know if it's actually heavy lifting with worms, but you're doing the heavy lifting in terms of the daytime, <laughs> working with the worms and and managing. I'm sure that there's you know there's movements, there's feeding them, there's there's more than just walk in and look at a box of worms. I'm sure. So since you're the one who really kind of does the heavy lifting on the farm for a lot of the chores there and a lot of the, the vermiculture specifically, what have you come across as a misconception about women in agriculture? You know, the most common misconception um, about women in agriculture is that people don't understand how much women do. We're, just, we're all over the farm. If something needs to be done, it, it, we we might be the ones that do it. So say that someone, one of the workers or one of the husband or your husband or somebody is sick or they have to go somewhere, the job has to get done. So we fill in and do it. And then the other thing is like, I know people are surprised. They'll say to me, do you package this? And I say, yeah, I do it all. They're so surprised. So I think that that's a big misconception is, that they don't they don't like realize how much work women actually do on farms. We can do so much. 
especially with the use of machinery. Um, you know, a lot of us aren't as strong as um, a man, but with machinery, we can get a lot done. Yeah, as as far as the as far as the uh, energy expenditure, it's it's I agree with you that, you know, the job needs doing whether or not you are perfectly physically suited to the job. And so to your point, yeah, I think I think sometimes women do have to work a little bit harder to to kind of make sure that the things get done that need doing. Yeah, we're just we're always, you know, I mean, we're always there. If it needs it, it gets done. Somebody's going to do it. What is one thing that you wish your customers knew about your life as a farm woman? I I, I think that it um I think that it's the, the busyness of it. Um, you know, so there's you just there's now this is the life I've chosen and I love it, but there's always something that has to be done. So you can't just um you know. Well, we're busy. Well, we're busy. Well, we really are busy. We've got to, you know, we've got things that have to be done. And I think that that's just one of the things is that you're not, you're not free to just take off for an afternoon. Um, I mean, you are. So that doesn't make sense. That's not what I mean. You are free to take off for an afternoon, but you have to plan ahead. You can't take off every afternoon. You know, it's just, it's a different lifestyle. It's a great lifestyle, but it's different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Working everything around where you need to be and what chores need doing is definitely a little more, um, a little more of a choreographed dance than people realize for sure. Well, and I think like an example is that, you know, so right now we're moving into, it's just spring here. But, you know, so now before you know it, we're going to be haying and getting, so you're haying, you're getting ready for winter at the beginning of summer. That's, you're always two mm-hmm. to three seasons ahead as a farmer. So it's different because I don't, we you know, just like, oh, let's head off to the beach. No, you don't head off to the beach. You're going to go out and you have you got to move the cows. You got to do this. You got to do that. So it's just a different lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. I do also want to ask a little more of a personal question. Um, it sounds like you guys kind of, you were saying that you bought this farm when your kids were older and kind of, you know, ready to leave the nest, if you will. So what is it that kept you pursuing this? Um, you know, I mean, some people will mm-hmm. graduate high school and go buy a farm and some people don't get there till later. And so it sounds like this has been a little bit longer road for you guys to get to get to where you wanted to be with this farm lifestyle. What is it that kept you going and pursuing this? Um, and then once you got into the farm and everything, what is it that keeps you going even when you have the tough days or the hurdles that come up? What keeps us going is, like I said, I do think my product is important. I do think it helps people. And then the beef. I do think it's a good quality product for people. So that's the one thing. But the other thing is my husband and I just, you know, we have this vision of what we want our life to be like, even as we grow older, you know, which is happening every day. So we want to be on this farm. We love it. And we just decided that, okay, it's, there are going to be, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess some people would call it a sacrifice, but it's not. It's just 
this is what we want. We're determined. And that's the thing is it's determination. Um, You could call it tenacity, stubbornness. You know, you could call it just like you really, you know, you just focus. Um, But this is what we want. So that's why we do it. You know, you you get up and you're walking your land that you own and you're looking, you're looking at all the signs, you're looking at the birds, you're looking at what weeds are growing, you know, you're monitoring it constantly. And then we have, you know, I make great compost, so then I can make, I can grow these vegetables. So say it's the middle of winter and I can cook a meal with most of the food coming from the farm that we own. And it's just, it's this feeling that is so incredible. And then just, just enjoying the beauty of the farm. It's just, we love it here. Um, we just think it's so pretty. And, and the cows are just, you know, I haven't talked a lot about the cows. The worms are not, they're not beautiful. They're not beautiful at all. But the cows are, you know, watching a cow in a pasture or just when you feed them in the barn. And you sit on a hay bale and just watch them. There's, it's, it's such a calming thing to listen to them chew on the, on the hay and their mouth. And just, it's just nice. And I like, I like the way they smell, especially in the, in the summer when it, after a rain, they just, they smell so beautiful. Um, and yeah, it's a nice way to live. Absolutely. So for those who are, really, really eager and excited to keep track of your adventures with worms and maybe purchase some products and everything. Where can people follow you? Where can they find you? So I do have a website and that is www.devine-gardens.com. I'm on Facebook. I don't know. It's Facebook Divine Gardens, Divine Dot Gardens. I'm not sure. I'm on Instagram, and that's Divine Gardens. Um, and those are all linked from the website. You can link to that. Um, yeah, and my contact information is on my website. And I do have it in some stores, and those are listed on my website. And the markets that I, the markets and events that I will be at this spring, um, is listed. Also, um, that's listed on Facebook. I don't think it's listed on the website. That sounds perfect. Then we can just refer people to your website, and they can get to everything from there. Okay. What do you have for us for any last words of inspiration or motivation for anybody out there? hoping to dive into this life or hoping to get the farm queen crown in the future, whatever it might be. <laughs> um, just, yeah, just, I, you know, okay. So if you want to farm or if you are farming, if you just started, uh, just, you know, there's going to be setbacks, but you have to reevaluate. And if it's something that you really want to figure out how to make it work you know we we've we've had setbacks and just kind of take a step back and you know sometimes you cry as a you know I don't mind crying once in a while but um just 
then figure out what you want and keep going at it, I would say. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support our podcast by clicking the link in the description, by subscribing through your favorite podcast app, and by following us on your favorite social media platform.